I hope Rich Kinder has some comfortable boots because he plans on dying in them. This is Industry Focus. Tyler, that's what he said. Oh, He's executive it, chairman now, but that, that is on one around. heck of a statement for it a CEO <laughs> to really like come down on the quarterly statement and be like, "I need these." That's that's fun. Yeah, he's leaving the CEO. He's going to be executive chairman, uh, the largest infrastructure company in the in the world, I think, for energy as as far as that's concerned. Um, but executive chairman, so we're not losing him just yet. No, and like you uh, like said, uh, Steve Kane's taking over. He's mm -hmm. been the CEO for or COO, excuse right. me, for. How long now? At least like it, from I think even from the inception back in two thousand two, he's been there for a while. really long time. I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of problems in terms of CEO succession no, in terms of Kinder so. Morgan or anything like that. But uh, more importantly, with them, it was earnings time. It was and uh, Kinder Morgan earnings. You know, that's one of the things with Kinder Morgan and a lot of these midstream companies, mm -hmm. stuff like that. A lot of people are are going to look at earnings, and if I'm going to talk to the camera right now, don't. Look at earnings. Earnings don't matter with these kind of companies. One of the big reasons for that is, you know, they're really asset heavy. They have a lot of depreciation. They can do things like asset write downs and stuff like that. It doesn't matter as much. That, those sort of non-cash charges don't really impact the overall business. Mm -hmm. You need to look at the cash flow statement. And with this comp and with Kinder Morgan, this past earnings, cash flow looked great. Uh, if you look at it, cash was up, and for its its. Uh, Distributable cash flow was up. It was 33 33% higher than what it plans to pay out to shareholders, giving it that distribution coverage. You really want to look at yeah. it. Yeah, focusing on that absolutely dividend. looking at that dividend. That means a distribution coverage ratio of 1.33. You cannot ask for a heck of a lot better <laughs> on a high dividend paying company like Kinder Morgan Agreed. for a distri distribution coverage of something like that. And they also obviously have enough cash because they went out and made an acquisition uh, of a pipeline up in the Bakken. The, is that Highland Partners? Hillen uh, Partners, Partners, yes. A Harold Ham. We're throwing a whole bunch of big names he's around. He's giving cash. He's selling it, for cash. He's, yeah, he's it's a whole lot of stuff going on right here. So, uh, ATM over here. Buying Hillen Partners, which was a private midstream company uh, for $3 billion. They had about 4,000 miles of natural gas and oil gathering pipelines in the Bakken area as well as multiple uh, fractionation and processing facilities for natural gas, about a million barrels in oil uh, crude storage, as well as a partner, what is going to be the Double H pipeline. It's going to be one of the major exit terminals for Bakken oil. It's going to get it down to Guernsey, Wyoming, uh, which is becoming a large oil hub nowadays because of so much going on in North Dakota. It's going to give uh, Kinder Morgan its first real, I guess you could say, it play in North Dakota. They, they, they almost have absolutely no assets there right now. Which is crazy to think because the company is so big and they touch literally every other part of it. Yeah, America. which is, you know, like you say, it's a little weird, but this is a big foray, a big splash into it. Um, and it also gets them a little bit more into crude. Like you said, they have those crude oil gathering pipes, something that they've never done before. Mm -hmm. Almost kind of questions, you know, maybe that's something they shed later on yeah. or something like that because it doesn't really fit with their asset portfolio. Now, somebody might say they overpaid a little bit, $3 billion or something like this, but it is going into a new area, yeah. uh, trying to really expand, and they can probably build out a lot of projects from there. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe it was one of those toss a little extra money to Harold Hamm to help him out with, it, boy, with that divorce guy. settlement right. and that uh, half. It was a billion dollars, so yeah. that's a little crazy to think about. Um, but I, $3 billion for this pipeline, eh, not too bad. It fits their model of fee-based revenue. Uh, some big players 
putting oil into these pipelines as far as contracts are concerned with Continental, Harold Hamm obviously using his own pipeline for, for his Continental resources, but then Hess as well as Oasis Petroleum and a few other people. So they're, they're spread out. Um, they're not solely dependent on one or two firms to provide the oil in future contracts, but like fools, energy companies are planning for five to 10 to 20 years out, and that's what you kind of have to look at this as. Yeah, Bakken oil might cut back in 2015, but we're gonna need it eventually. Yeah, and you know, on that same vein of the opportunistic, when the market is down, let's try to take a stab at something yeah. else. Uh, Schlumberger made another really big move in something similar. They uh, made, took a l large stake in Eurasia Drilling Company. It's a Russian oil services company. They bought it for about $1.7 I think they got half of the uh, operating stake, yeah, basically, yeah. the managing partners. Uh, one of the, it's the kind of that same idea. You know, If you want to look at some place that's worse than U.S. <laughs> shale right now, Look at Russian oil and gas companies. Take that, Putin. I mean, yeah, take that. We totally messed with you guys. Actually, probably Saudi Arabia did a better a job bit. than we did. Um, so this gives Schlumberger a stake in what is going to be one of the largest non-OPEC sources of oil for the next 30, 40, 50 years. Mm -hmm. If you look at not only Russia's conventional uh, reserves, but as well as its massive, massive shale oil reserves, this could be one of the largest players for the next 40 years. And to get that sort of access, it's going to be very critical for Schlumberger, especially uh, since Schlumberger is one of those nice high-tech companies. Yeah. It's going to be able to bring that technology into Russia through uh, Eurasia drilling and already have that footprint of the relationships and the contracts that are already in place with them. Yeah, it gets them closer to China, probably going to be producing their own oil and gas at a pretty high level with the shale resources they supposedly have. Um, they're an, they're an ex-North American company for the most part, unlike Baker Hughes and Halliburton who are around 50 to 60% of their revenues come from North America. Um, so I kind of dig this move. They have the opportunity in the future to purchase the rest of the company if it works out like they think it will. So a nice little door for this company into one of the largest oil producers and natural gas producers in the world. Yeah, and so going on to one last thing, which, you know, talking about the Schlumberger, they made this announcement right on top of their earnings. We've got a couple more earnings that we should cover. Uh, we had the big three in oil services yep. uh, just recently Soon announced. Soon to be the big two. Soon to be the big two. Do we want to count Weatherford International as the third yeah, one? They're I'll so, always look at that as they're the just kind of the after. Yeah. yeah, so we'll just say the big two. Okay. Um, Baker Hughes, Schlumberger, and Halliburton all surprisingly beat on earning estimates and improved on their year-over-year -year numbers. Now, if anybody kind of armchair quarterbacking the oil oil industry right now say what the heck's going on here how the heck are these guys beating on estimates when we've seen oil get absolutely shellacked so well yeah they're the they're the next leg from the producers they need the upstream spending upstream spending hasn't been cut back yet everyone's just been announcing cutbacks so they're still making the money that they were promised into 2014 probably still into the first quarter of this year um, I'll look for maybe it to flatten out no growth this quarter, but the second quarter and third quarter of 2015, you shouldn't be shocked if you see um, some depressed earnings and revenue out of these companies. But on the Baker Hughes Halliburton side, because they're looking at some cost savings on the merger, if it does go through, which seems a little bit more likely now with oil continuing to fall, um, those cost savings aren't going to be diminished, but they will be kind of enhanced as far as their overall impact because revenue will be less. But you'll see the, the expenses collapse even more so on a, on a percentage-wide basis. So 
I think that the deal makes a lot more sense, even though it's still, like we said, 10, 15, 20, 30-year deal. Um, it's going to have a nice immediate impact, I think, while revenues continue to slip in 2015. Yeah, we're already starting to see a little bit of hint to that. Baker Hughes also announced with its earnings beat that it was cutting 1,000 jobs mm -hmm. off of its... Uh, and was like 7,000 or 9,000 maybe. Yeah, so everybody is it's like, hey, we had a great quarter, but yeah. now we're going to uh, right. fire everybody because we're, we're getting ready for something that's looking a little ugly. Uh, just kind of looking forward of those two, well, the two guys mm -hmm. now, it's, it, we can't really completely judge it because we don't know what Halliburton and Baker Hughes are going to look like completely when they get done because of the divestments the and stuff yeah. like that. But just kind of your knee-jerk reaction, which one are you looking at to be maybe survive this or even come out of it a little bit better. I'm a Halliburton shareholder, so I'm going to have to stick to my guns on this. I do like Schlumberger. They are involved a little bit more in the deep water. They're a high-tech company, but so is Halliburton. You saw Schlumberger say, we weren't necessarily hit that hard in this quarter because now companies want the more efficient equipment. They're willing to pay a little bit more money, um, maybe not on, a, on an aggregate level, but per machine because they want to make sure that they're not losing any money out in the field. So look at Schlumberger and Halliburton, which is the reason why I'm looking at those rather than a Weatherford, because they have that technology that's going to drive the future. Um, Halliburton is more towards the fracking side, so maybe they have a little bit more near-term weakness because North America is such a big portion of their business. But uh, I, I could see these two being equals coming out. Unless Halliburton can take their fracking technology internationally, which they've slowly started to do in China and Argentina, then I think they're the big winner. Well, I guess we'll just have to see what happens when the next shoe drops when it comes to oil <laughs> prices right. or whatever. But for now, we'll wait on a few more earnings. I think we have refiners coming up next yeah. week, a couple others. Interesting Maybe. sector because you would expect that they would be making a They should a be making a killing. Right now, but with gas prices reduced as well, they could be pinched. Well, let's find out. Next week, refiners, two weeks from that, big oil. we got a lot of earnings stuff coming up. We'll be covering them here on Industry Focus. We'll see you next time. Full on.